0: for Australia. Gold and a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. He's got it. 9-8-4. A world record for Donovan
1: Bailey and
2: a gold medal.
1: A perfect score. 10.0 for Dasha Camonese. A perfect score. The first time I've ever seen it. In over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt sprinting ahead, winning
0: by daylight, and setting a world record: 9.68. The wind is okay. How easy was that?
1: It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast, taking a break from interviews as we bring the squad back together to talk about something we've been wanting to talk about for a long time. It's the sports of the Olympics. It's our sports episode. I think throughout all our coverage of Tokyo and many other episodes, we've always said we should do an episode talking about the sports of the Olympics. What works? What doesn't? Rapper charges and shit we here to do it today, because we are a show of our word, mostly. Uh, well, we'll see how that goes. My name is Ben, and as always, when I say I bring the squad back together, I've got my two esteemed professional co-hosts with me, including a man from Emu Plains who knows more about the sports of the Olympics than anybody else in Emu Plains, unless there's real like Olympic historians. I don't know the, the <laughs> population quite. Anyway, Jared Lubix here. Hello, Jared. Welcome back. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, joining us all the way from the True North Strong and Free, from Winterpeg, from that place that looks the same and knows all <laughs> about the sports, it's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back.
0: Thank you. And uh, you shouldn't have said professional calls because now I feel like we have to
1: leave. Oh, okay. Well, I should have to leave. You two can stay, maybe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, potentially. But, no, we've, we've always mentioned that this is an episode we should do, just really a general open discussion about the sports on both the winter and summer program, what works, what doesn't, looking at some of the sports that have been in the Olympics and what we could bring back, what we can get rid of, and the IOC-recognized sports that maybe we could bring back, talk about things like demonstration sports that used to be a thing and maybe maybe aren't, just kind of really a an open discussion. We don't really have a structure to this or any sort of planned things. We're not going to come up with an official designated off the podium list of of sports. We're just going to talk about them and everything and shit. Um, Colin, I'm going to start with you. Just a, a general question right now about where we're at with both the Summer and Winter Olympics. How do you think we are right now with the sports? 34 for the summer, if we're removing a couple, in the, we're going on the Paris program right now, by the way, just to say where I am. Uh, what was it, 35 at Tokyo. Uh, and for the winter, what are we at, about like 14, 15, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just general thoughts initially as we get into this in-depth discussion on off the podium.
0: Uh, I think we made it pretty clear during Tokyo. I mean, there's definitely a frustration with the summer sports and the flip-flopping, you know, we're going to bring it back for one time and then get rid of it. Uh, I don't, I don't understand. Sure. It's great that you have the home countries that can kind of pick their sports, but it should probably be a little bit more structured because I mean, you get people into something and then you're like, well, it's gone next time because we're bringing in 16 new sports and half of those probably aren't going to last the next one. Um, I, I, I do like the fact that we have more team sports being introduced in the summer games uh it would be interesting i don't know where you would find them but it would be interesting to see more team sports in the the winter olympics um i have to do some research to figure out what winter team sports are not included in there uh but uh yeah, there's tons of things you could do you could do you could do a polar bear relay or something like a polar bear swim relay not real polar hey, bears <laughs> that works but but it's just it's weird when you have the same amount of days for both the summer and winter olympics and you have twice as many sports in summer and yet it feels like in the summer, it's the same sport over and over and over again. So, you know, the issue may be more too many variations of the same sport as opposed to, you know, just let's have different type of sports included all around.
1: Jared, uh, initial thoughts as we get into this very professional conversation on this very professional podcast?
2: I feel like there's not enough sports. And I'm always going to adv- advocate <laughs> for just like more, I hate this, like add something, remove something. I think just keep, just keep adding as far as I'm concerned. And if they're concerned about it, it's too long or it doesn't work for TVs or this, that, whatever else, there's plenty of, I think, like Colin said, like events that could be shortened down or cold. Um, I'm sure we'll get into charges and, and semifinals <laughs> and quarterfinals and, and whatever else. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm all for just adding sports. I think the Olympics should be the pinnacle of every kind of like sport that exists pretty much.
1: Yeah. That's one thing that I definitely agree with is that any sport at the Olympics, that should be the pinnacle of that sport. We, and we should be seeing the best athletes in the world. It's, you know, obviously the Olympics were built on the, the level of amateur sport and that was held a long time and we still have that with some sports. I mean, wrestling technically. We're not having, you know, Hulk Hogan and all that and the professional <laughs> wrestling, right? I mean, boxing is very distinct between professional and, and amateur boxing. But, I mean, to me, the Olympics are the peak of sport. There should be the best of the best there. And where you have sports which people question, people question golf, tennis, soccer, these sort of sports – you know, basketball, even like it should be a level where there can be something worked around that where they are purely the best so that they are there to to kind of be there with that. But um, yeah, it's it's sort of just interesting how it, it does work. Jared, you touched there on the whole notion of let's bring in sports, which means we have to remove sports or let's be more inclusive with the events. But then that means we've got to remove events. And, and one thing that has been really fascinating learning through uh, all the interviews that we've been doing and some that are still to air is that you, you learn so much about how, you know, you can be a world champion in one event in a sport and be the best in the world in that for a decade, but it's, it's not at the Olympics because it got removed because they needed to include a mixed relay or, (laughs) you know, something like that. And it's, it's fascinating that that these things kind of work. So yeah, I'm kind of with, with you there, Jared, that it'd be great to have like more, but it's just, it comes down from a fact of, how do you do that? Like, do you increase it to three weeks? Let's have a three week Olympic for the summer Olympics, particularly, you know, and let's, let's have more. I I, I would assume that that would be something that TV stations would be frothing at the bit for, but then do you kind of make it too much? Uh, You know, we talked recently about how the summer and the winter, sorry, the winter Olympics kind of went from what, like a, a 14 day to a 16 day to match with the summers and kind of, you know, is that appropriate? I mean, one thing that could be a potential that doesn't work. I know, the time of recording this, FIFA are really talking about making the the Men's World Cup a two-year event, which I adamantly am opposed to. That's stupid. That takes away from the prestige of of what that event is. So does making it a three-week event make it worse because then you're kind of, you know, just overexposing it. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of balancing that really, isn't there? Because there are so many other sports, which I think we all agree should be at the Olympics. Jared, I know you're a big advocate for squash. I think I've really joined you on the squash page there. I think that's definitely a sport that should be at the Olympics. I personally am a cricket person that I think cricket, if if, if handball and rugby are at the Olympics, which are sports that are very niche to certain parts of the world, I would argue cricket is exactly the same category and is growing. Um, maybe on that sort of transition, we could maybe talk about just sports right now that you can think of that you would like to see at the Olympics. Uh, Jared, I'll start with you. I mean, there is a list, I, we've got this Wikipedia page in front of us of IOC-recognized sports, uh, but, I mean, even kind of go outside of that if, if there are sports that aren't on this IOC list that perhaps you think uh, maybe could be recognized potentially moving forward. I think I'm with you on the the whole cricket thing. Um,
2: to me, that that makes sense. Like, if a sport has a World Cup and it has a fair amount of countries in it, then I just think why not be an Olympic sport? And the other one, I suppose, that stands out to me is probably netball Mm. um and i do hope that the two of those like i feel like there's potential there for brisbane given australia's track record in those sports that we might be able to get those over the line um but yeah those two i just think why not and like you say other sports are region specific netball i suppose kind of is i suppose more of like a, a commonwealth sport um but if countries know that this new sport is entering the olympics and depending on what the qualification system is and and how they're going to work that out, then there's incentive there to um to train up in that sport and introduce it and get good at it. And something like, I feel like netball, like it's something they could take off. Like it's not hugely different. Like it's got similarities to basketball, obviously. Um, Yeah, so I suppose cricket and netball, like the two that I see as being probably the most realistic and obviously always
1: advocating to get a uh, squash
2: into the Olympics as well.
1: It, there used to be sort of a real thing around, yeah, the participation and everything along those lines. And, and I mean, the IAC has often been criticised that a lot of these sports are still very European-centric. You know, they're very European-based. And, look, I'm not against handball. I fucking love handball. I'm not going to sit here and say <laughs> get rid of handball from the Olympics. But, I mean, realistically, who plays handball? It is it is Europe and some Northern African countries. I mean, that that's it. Um, you know, it is one of these very selective sports to me, which is, is very niche to that. And you could then argue, well, so are winter sports, Ben. But, you know, there's a reason why you've got a winter and a summer Olympics. You can't have cross-country skiing at the Rio Olympics. It's not going to work. Um, but, but then you, you add rugby, which a lot of people are like, oh, rugby's not played. But rugby's booming around the world, particularly with rugby sevens. I mean, Colin, you would know that in Canada, like a, a non-traditional rugby country, But it is very big there in Canada. We're seeing the US and, I mean, Japan, it has gone through the roof. They they held the last Men's World Cup in 2019. And cricket is doing similar things, particularly with the form of 2020, which has really been able to make it more accessible to a lot of countries around the world. So, and I think that's how you kind of can grow these sports is adding them to the Olympics uh, and kind of doing things along those lines. Colin, uh, I mean, sort of we're going on tangents as we do on Off the Podium, but, I mean, the question was sports that you would like to see included uh, that maybe aren't included?
0: Uh, You know, I think one of the things that's great about having the Pan Am Games, uh, at least having more coverage here in the Pan American countries, which I would assume there'd be more coverage here in the Pan American countries, is that you get these sports that are kind of trial bear and maybe they'll be included in the Olympics in the future. Uh, So I know that squash is uh, a Pan Am Games sport here, which, you know, I hadn't even thought about that because it's not like it gets huge TV coverage here. But that would be a good one to include uh, one that I would love to see in the Olympics would be water skiing. And I don't understand how water skiing hasn't become an Olympic sport, um, you know, it, it has everything that you would want. It's got excitement, it's, 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 it's cool, It's uh it's got tricks, it, it's, it's not too long, you know, you have a limited amount of time that each competitor gets. Uh, that would probably be top of my list. Uh, I have some imaginary sports that i love to. Make. Maybe we'll include those later. Uh, but uh,
1: like dressage, think,
0: like dressage. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a real thing. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think I, I actually. This sounds really weird, but during the Commonwealth Games, you guys had to explain to me what lawn bowling was. And I'm like, this does not <laughs> sound Kellen like on be a sport. <laughs> but then I watched it. I'm like, you know, I don't think I'd be opposed to this being in the Olympics. I mean, it's not going to be top of my list, but it's nice to have things that are, you know, uh, that are new, that are fresh, that aren't necessarily we invented a sport. Because I think that's kind of the problem I have. And it's probably different living, you know, your side of the world where it's a bigger thing. But that's part of the problem I have with like surfing is that. It almost feels like, okay, well, this is a recreational sport that they decided here are some rules around that we can make it competitive. So it's almost as if they invented a sport to be in the Olympics and maybe it is super competitive. Some parts of the world It's definitely not here, Uh, but uh, there are things out there like water skiing that is a competitive sport uh, that is flashy. It is interesting and different. And for whatever reason, it's just not included.
1: There are a few I want to go through a list here I found of sort of the most popular sports in the world, according to a couple of sources, and we can look at some of these other sports. We'll start with obviously summer. We'll talk about winter in a moment uh, in terms of that are uh, recognised by the IOC. Um, but, yeah, like I I definitely agree. I mean, water sports would be a great one. I, I think that would be fantastic. But I think the, the issue, though, with any sort of water-based sport like that is – you know, it may restrict some countries from being able to bid for an Olympics, although I guess we're going to see the surfing in Tahiti for Paris, so it's kind of literally on the other side of the world, so you can work around that. But um, there's sort of a, a push forward to an interview that we will have eventually on this show. We we spoke to our first speed skater, Daniel Gregg from Australia, and he was sort of talking about his background of roller sports and how sort of roller sports were basically invented for uh, ice sports to do something in the summer. Um, and he was sort of talking about how um, speed sort of roller skating has been on the cusp of the IC for so long. It just always gets, keep getting bumped. Uh, you know, when, when baseball and that got brought back, when rugby and golf it was on the, you know, nearly there and it sounded so exciting like, and to see that. And, you know, that to me is how they've added skateboarding to kind of be like, Oh, it's, it's the summer snowboarding and everyone loves snowboarding, but it didn't really work. I feel that's different with with roll like speed rollerblading like that's that would be fun. I, I don't see how that would be in it because I love speed skating. Speed skating is a great sport. So do it on land. Like why not? Um and even kind of have like roller derby. Like watch that. That sports epic. Like you know. So kind of there's plenty of roller sports to me that I think would be fantastic. I'm I'm a massive formula one fan but I, I obviously realize that you can't have motor racing at the olympics because you're not allowed to have any form of motorized sort of apparatus because push carts ris- cart. <laughs> uh <laughs> there's obviously that risk of it not being fair and you could not have formula one at the olympics because there's a reason why mercedes wins and williams don't like there's a discrepancy there there's not equal equipment so I, i'm looking here quickly though at the recognized international federations uh, and some of the ones here uh, that I think would be fantastic, you know I'm going to say cheerleading, which is a is a rumoured possible thing for LA. And if you've actually, actually watched competitive cheerleading, it's pretty fucking epic. Like, I'm sorry to break dancers who are listening. I've, I've never seen it, and I'm sceptical. And this could be, the, like, we said this about sport climbing during Rio, and we loved it. We could love breakdancing in a couple of years' time. Who knows? But I, I, I don't know. But competitive cheerleading is fun, and and it's, it's not... And it's not just for reasons that you're thinking. Like, that's a good part. I like watching it because of that. For the men as well, not just the women. But, uh, I mean, it's it's very big in your part of the world, Colin.
0: Yeah, and in all fairness, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say, oh, well, cheerleading. I mean, change the name, don't call it cheerleading. What's different between that and artistic swimming, you know? Uh, it's Water. It's, it's, exactly. It's just water. Right? And you can have more people involved. You know, there is the, the gymnastics aspect to it. So I mean, cheerleading to me makes total sense, but I do think they need to not call it cheerleading because <laughs> cheering implies that you are assisting somebody else that's no longer there. You know, come up with a different name for it. And I think more people probably wouldn't laugh at it.
1: And Jared, I know you're a huge fan of both artistic swimming and rhythmic gymnastics. So I'm sure you'd be very big on the cheerleading, adding some pom-poms and we've got ribbons and batons over in the rhythmic. I mean, God, just all these apparatuses are just growing.
2: Yeah, why not? I think, yeah, like you say, it includes so many elements of other sports that I just, I don't see why not put it in there. I want to see people doing backflips and tumbling and, and breaking shins and whatnot. <laughs>
1: the, the other ones here that, like, I, I kind of like here, so uh, flying disc, like, um, you, you know, what's frisbee. a frisbee, ultimate frisbee. Uh, disc golf is actually fun. If you've ever played disc golf, that's actually really, really fun um i mean you've got a lot of combat sports here you know things like kickboxing and and wushu and all those kind of ones as well um ski mountaineering i I don't know why that's under the summer sort of uh, section here that i'm looking polo lacrosse obviously canada's national sport for summer which has been in the olympics before the ones here that i'm questioning though uh i don't know how i'd feel watching chess at the olympics um i mean i know it's a big thing but uh bridge yeah maybe not um like billiards you know it's kind of fun to play but bowling uh, darts would be fun just because if you've ever actually watched professional darts you think darts would be boring but like we had a, a world championship i think in australia and it was like at one of our biggest sporting stadiums they got like fifty thousand people to fucking darts. like this is darts did you ever, did you see that jared when that went to docklands in melbourne about that the sort of the the thing have you ever seen it though like it's epic I just imagine they ab- must have advertised it as, su- as something else to get that many people there. Um, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's Melbourne, you know. You could put off the podium at uh, Docklands, and we'd get fifty thousand people. Colin, have you ever seen professional darts on TV? It's brilliant.
0: No, uh, I, I. Have I ever told the dart story that I have? No, though? but I, you, need, you now. You can't <laughs> lead without not
1: tell it, Colin.
0: <laughs> I, I was like ten years old, and my friend had this outdoor dart board. It was kind of like a big one that you hung on your fence. And then he threw larger darts, so we're talking maybe a foot long, and uh, <laughs> he, he was going to retrieve his darts, and I'm like, oh, you know, he's he's standing to the side because he had something that was off the board i'm like I'm, I'm just gonna throw mine while i'm there so i throw my dart and the next thing i see it's sticking right out of his back And he's like oh As so if he just got <laughs> shot in the back by a sniper
1: <laughs> wow so don't don't play darts around no Colin, and it then
0: it runs in the family because uh uh one point my um my sister and i we were at um uh, a neighbor's house and uh, they had a dart board in their basement, and my sister was throwing the dart. And the next thing I know, the cat that's in the, the <laughs> corner of the basement, <laughs>
1: <laughs> my sister oh, nailed a cat no. with a dart. So oh. If
0: we found a sport that the Hilding family will not be competing in, it's definitely darts. No, uh, poor but I mean, cat. it's, you know, I kind of took some shots at archery. <laughs> it, it, I, I did watch some archery, it's not too bad. Uh, but, uh, if you have something like archery, darts is now you got shooting. You have archery. You have darts. I, I think between those three, I could probably see darts being the most exciting to watch.
1: I think just any of these target sports. So often when we we've talked a lot during Tokyo. I mean, I love watching archery. I love watching shooting. They just they just become so much more exciting than you actually think they are. Just just quickly on on sort of the summer aspect here. I've I found according to sportytel.com, what a website. The top ten most popular sports in the world and i think they're basing this based on fans and of all of these all of these are olympic sports except for two of them i mean one sort of maybe just got removed from the olympics so you could sort of visit technicality so the biggest and let, let's play this game all right let's go let's go from number one down so i'm sure you can both guess what the most popular sport in the world is
0: football slash soccer
1: Correct, according to this, 4 billion fans around the world. Now, what is the second most? This is, uh, I thought I knew the answer and it is what I thought, but this may surprise. Jared, I don't know if you might get this one, but uh, think about this one and particularly think about one country in the world that really loves this sport and it might make sense. There's silence, they're thinking. Feeling any jeopardy music? It's I was cricket. waiting for
0: Jared. I was going to say I was waiting
2: for Jared to go.
1: <laughs> right, Jared takes longer to think. I've just given the answer. Just pretend <laughs> I didn't give you the answer, Jared. Cricket.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like the hints like threw me off. <laughs> but yeah, cr- um, cricket. Let's
1: go like American football. No cricket. Two point five billion fans, according to this list, and I'm guessing one point two five of those are. Indian but uh, I mean there you go there's there's proof in the pudding right now according to this that the second most popular sport in the world apparently is not an Olympic sport so there you go Uh, and what would that
0: do for India's Olympic performance which is a big talking point we had during Tokyo
1: Massive, massive. And just, I mean, they're, they're they're in talks right now. The the big whisper is that they're in with a good shot for the 2036 Olympics. They've put their hand up sort of as a, sort of as a full country bid almost. And sort of the IOC are kind of listening. So, I mean, sort of talking about this almost like floating schedule with the sports where it's almost a Commonwealth games esque thing where you've got your core sports and you can kind of fluctuate with some of them. I mean, if cricket doesn't get included in LA, if cricket doesn't get included in Brisbane, if we've got an Indian Olympics in 2036, I cannot imagine that that wouldn't be the first sport that they put forward there. So, absolutely. Um. So, I'll, I'll, we won't play this game. We're here all day. But according to – I don't believe this. Number three, field hockey. Two billion <laughs> – like, I get India's on there, but I mean – Field hockey? I thought basketball would be more popular than that. Field hockey, really? I, I, I played it, but I didn't think it was that. Only girls play that, Colin, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's still not real hockey. That's
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, according to this, uh, number four, tennis. There you go, Jared. Uh, number four, a billion fans, according to this. Uh, volleyball, number five. Interesting. Uh, 900 million fans. Table tennis. I guess you've got uh, some very populous countries in the world who enjoy it. Number six, uh, basketball, only number seven. I always thought that was like in the top few, but obviously not. Baseball, number eight, uh, obviously now not an Olympic sport. Rugby, number nine. And uh, number 10, golf. So uh, there you go.
0: So some of those make sense to me. Um, I'm really surprised hockey's not in there because it's not like it's just a North American thing. I mean, when they've had strikes uh, here, when the NHL's had strikes, there are players who will just go and they can play in the European leagues. I mean, European leagues is huge and is similar to volleyball. I, I would think hearing volleyball being that high was unusual. But then I think about the fact that almost all of Team Canada or American teams or whatever they make their living by playing professionally in Europe. So yeah. hockey and volleyball, Europe alone, I thought would have you know bumped those ones up a little
1: bit. Yeah, and look, this is one of those things where like you'd probably find hockey, ice hockey, on on another list. It's kind of it's obviously not perfect it's not something that you can completely rank but i've seen lists where your ice hockey is in sort of very high up there and i mean basketball i've seen that as number two number three because it's a similar thing with europe and north america i mean basketball in europe is is huge massive like a lot of the players who don't make the nba will go to europe and sort of it's growing a lot more in this part of the world too i mean volleyball for example is just not played here in australia really it's it's sort of not something there i mean according to the rest of this so you've got 11 to 25 ice hockey's not even in the to the top 25 according to this i mean they've got formula one at 11 but i I mean how do you classify that though i mean i would more say motorsport uh no because skiing's on this list at number 24 (laughs) (laughs) so but they've got um mma for example um badminton um, shooting at number 20. I mean, shooting more popular than skiing. I wouldn't believe that.
0: Lawn bowling 26.
1: Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know how that plays. Um, and just quickly while we're on the summer one. So it's, it's interesting looking at this list of discontinued sports. There's literally only one discontinued winter Olympic sport. Uh, and there's gotta be at least here 20 summer Um, but, I mean, that includes figure skating and ice hockey, which obviously switched over to Winter Olympics. But, uh, one of the ones here, Tug of War, which I say bring back Tug of War. Come on. You know, why is Isn't that
0: that new show Squid Game? Is that a Tug of War show or something? Because I I keep seeing all these Tug of War memes and that Squid squid Game show.
1: Can somebody explain Squid Game to me? Because I feel like I just woke up yesterday and this has just hit the world. Jared, have you seen, what is Squid Game? What is it?
2: (laughs) I have. I feel like it's like, I don't know. The Hunger Games crossed with just all those types of shows. Like, I don't know, just a competition show where where people die. Oh, where people die. Right. Yeah.
0: They die uh, doing the tug of war?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pulled over the edge. See, I thought this was like that Tiger King show where it was just kind of like, oh, you know, people horrible. doing that. But I'm um, saying croquet was uh, discontinued from the Olympics. I'd I'd be down for some croquet. Polo, I think I mentioned that before. Ah, uh, water motorsports. Uh, so it has been their field handball. Interesting. Um, and equestrian vaulting. What's that? Is that like gymnastics I that with a up, horse? And it-
2: yeah, it's amazing. They just do, like, gymnastics and dance routines, like, on the back of the horse. I don't really? know why they why they I, got rid of it.
1: I <laughs>
0: was imagining, like, the gymnastics vault where the horse is running and then it springboards <laughs> up here.
1: <laughs> the pommel horse is literally a horse. <laughs> um, seriously, I need to see this. That sounds epic, better than dressage. Like, come on. Um, and that doesn't include damage. So these are actual, like, metal sports. Uh, and, and also the one thing too, which I think everybody needs to, I, I'd love to do an episode on this, but during uh, some of the older Olympics between 1912 and 1948, they actually gave out medals for art competition. So this is, is absolutely <laughs> legit. So there were things like poetry and uh, like painting and all of these kind of things back in the day, uh, you had architecture was an Olympic event, literature. That, I mean, if this was modern <laughs> right. day, they would have podcasts. This is legitimately a thing. So, for example, in the 1912 Stockholm Olympics, in mixed music, uh, Riccardo Barthelemy of Italy won the gold medal for his triumphal march. Uh, there was no <laughs> silver or bronze award, so clearly he was that good. that They were just like, you have all the medals, mate. Um, Amsterdam, we had drawings and watercolours to which um, Jean Jacobi of Luxembourg won a gold medal <laughs> ahead of Alex Viro of France and Lodzlo Kolakis of Poland. So look this up. This is legit. We could do a whole episode on this. They actually had artistic competitions that were awarded medals back in the day of the Olympics. So there you go. Um, but And demonstration. Can I just quickly say, before we get to the winter, I say bring back demonstration sports because... Yeah. I was too young to ever appreciate demonstration sports because they got rid of them around Barcelona-Alberville time. But, I mean, Australian football famously was a demonstration sport back in Melbourne. Uh, Canada, I think, were you the first to have curling in, in Calgary, I I believe? Or you, you brought mm, it back know. or something, maybe? Um, but, like, I, I like this idea of having a demonstration sport because this way you can kind of have these extra things. So, like, for example, if... You can't have cheerleading, and that's a big sport in, say, L.A., have it just as a a side kind of thing. You're bringing extra revenue. You can sell tickets, you know, television coverage, all that sort of stuff. You'd have AFL. So come Brisbane, rather than interrupting the the middle of the Australian football season, have it during the Olympics. Like, have all the teams Mm -hmm. converge on Brisbane, sell tickets, revenue, boom, grow the sport around the world. Like, I mean, Colin, do you remember demonstration sports? You're obviously a bit older than us, so I don't know if you remember kind of that being a, a real thing.
0: Yeah, I, at the point I was watching, you know, Barcelona-Alberville was probably the first time I was watching Olympics, uh, and I wasn't aware of it, but I do remember, I think I told this ep- uh, on past episode, when I was a kid, I was in Taekwondo, and the Seoul Olympics had, um, the Taekwondo was, was the demonstration sport, and it was sort of like our academy, it was a nationwide academy, but that was the one who was going to be representing Canada, as opposed to like, we're going to send a national team, we're sending an academy. And uh, it was basically open to anybody that they could have gone and you would have been able to, you know, be out on the field. Kind of these are our people who represent the demonstration sport. And, you know, my parents wouldn't allow us to go. And I was a a little bit too young. (laughs) I don't think I was in full school days yet. So (laughs) they weren't going to let me go myself, but uh, demonstration sports. The unfortunate thing is I feel like this is what it has become now with the host nation. So now baseball, Uh, and um, the one Olympics we're going to have, we had it back in Tokyo was treated like a demonstration sport, but it's like, we're just going to give you a medal. Uh, If you make it a demonstration sport, karate. Yeah.
2: It,
0: it, it, it it just, it's the exact same thing now. It's just, it's almost more of a tease because it's like, instead of this being a trial to see where this could go, we're going to give you a medal and say, this is the real Olympics and then we're going to cut it next time. Uh, but why shouldn't demonstration sports be a thing? And then then you make the decision after that. It's almost become a thing now where they look to things like the Commonwealth Games or the Pan Am Games to try out new sports. And they're like, well, we'll see how it goes there. But it's it's a little bit different. If you have the Olympics, you're giving a sport the biggest stage can. And I think what you said about AFL, if you had that, something that people aren't really familiar with outside of Australia, or minimal uh, familiarity, it's not even just about whether or not you could have this as a sport, it's about can you build the profile of this enough that other countries are willing to jump on board and say, you know what, not for the next Olympics, but 10 years from now, maybe we'll actually put something together and we can be competitive.
1: And that's the thing, like we saw that with Australian football during the pandemic, when Australia was basically one of the only countries in the world that was having a pro sports league playing while, you know, the NHL, the NFL, all those sort of things shut down. It got a huge spike in North America and there was a really uh, prominent U.S. I don't know if he was sort of a TV host or a podcast host. He was watching it and he's like, holy fuck, this sport is amazing. And then it went through the roof, like all of a sudden North America. Like I I did stories when I was in Canada about the sport in in Canada and they were sort of talking about how the numbers just like their website basically blew up because people were watching it on TSN at two in the morning and kind of all this sort of stuff and what is this sport? So, yeah, it it can definitely work that. Jared, I mean, demonstration sports, where do you stand on, on that side of things? I
2: agree with Colin. I think it should be—it's almost should just be the the test run for for the next time the Olympics roll around. Um, a chance to kind of iron out the kinks. I think it just feels weird adding stuff straight into the Olympics without without testing it first. Like I feel like uh, skateboarding. I although like they've got the X Games and other things. Like it might have been better to have that as a demonstration sport and then see how annoying it was with all the kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm all for it. I think. I just think it's starting to test what the public are going to watch, what what you get viewers to at the, if people can buy tickets, what people are more interested in. Um, And then scheduling wise and, and qualification wise, it gives you more time to sort of work that out, whether it's going to be
1: worthwhile or not. Because it's it's interesting looking. I mean, a, a lot of demonstration sports have obviously famously gone on to be. I mean, taekwondo. Colin, you bring that up is obviously now a, a full sport. But just looking here at some of the demonstration sports in the summer that we've had. I mean, American football, Australian football, ten pin bowling. I remember that was at the Commonwealth Games in 1998. Absolutely fucking loving watching that. Thinking like, wow, this is a Commonwealth Games sport, and they've never brought it back since. Um, Gaelic football. That's a great sport if anyone's ever watched that. Hurling. That is an amazing series. and that's not vomiting for you. It's not that. It's not. It's <laughs> it's, it's 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 kind of like I. Irish Islands version of lacrosse. Um, it's it's amazing. Seriously, it's, it's violent, it's brilliant, it's Irish, it's amazing. Watch hurling. <laughs> um, <laughs> roller hockey, uh, weight training with dumbbells and water skiing. And also I love this. So at the 1990 Paris Olympics because a lot of it was conducted alongside the, 19, uh, the sorry the 1900 Olympics, the 1900 World's Fair. So a lot of sports that were sort of demonstrated at the World's Fair were then technically classified as Olympic sports. So you had angling. You could have watched fishing live at the Olympics right back in 1900. Ballooning, fantastic. Cannon shooting, firefighting, kite flying, come on, (laughs) Um, surf life-saving, motor racing, motorcycle racing, water motorsport. And my favourite, pigeon racing, was at the Olympics (laughs) in 1900. Come on, bring back pigeon racing. Um, I want to talk about the winters because, I mean, the, the greatest ever demonstration sport happened at the Winter Olympics. Can we just take a moment to talk about ski ballet? (laughs) <laughs> um this, this sport is amazing uh and apparently still is a very big thing we have a guest coming up who basically talked about she competed in all forms of freestyle skiing growing up which included ski ballet so uh i mean colin is this a thing that actually like have you ever seen ski ballet like in canada as, as a thing or is this just Never. one of those ones that does randomly pop up on your twitter feed ha ah, remember this was at the 92 olympics or 94 olympics <laughs>
0: No, I've never seen it. I don't know of any leagues here or national championships, but it it, would, it definitely sounds fascinating enough that I'd like to check it out. If there is a league out there, then uh, I'm going to Google it and I'm going to follow it.
1: Well actually it was at 92 and 1988 so it was Calgary that brought it into the world Colin so uh Jared I'm sure you've seen the fame there's a you, they, uh, even I think the IOC literally did something on their Twitter page recently where they were like check out these five discontinued demonstration sports I mean I'm sure you've seen that clip but this is amazing ski ballet Jared so good I don't
2: know I feel it look it looks like they were gearing up for it 88 and then 92 like why is it what happened? What went wrong? Surely they ran it twice. It was bound Fucking to happen, Norwegians. and
1: then <sighs> I, I also blame been... Tonya Harding. Yeah, of course. Who 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 doesn't? Um, but other the discontinued, so the demonstration sports have had to bandy, which actually. He's kind of – it's like an ice hockey, isn't it? But it's with a ball, right? Is that what bandy is, Colin? Do you, you, Jared's not – I, you I thought you said is?
0: Bambi and I was no,
1: thinking – <laughs> I think it's like a Scandinavian version of ice hockey, which is play with a ball rather than a, a puck. Um, they actually had disabled skiing as a demonstration sport. Obviously, they put that across to the Paralympics. Ice stock sport – don't know what that is. Um, ski joring – Sounds fun. uh that one. Yeah, did you did you read up
0: on ski joring? No, I don't that know, but I need favorite. to know.
1: What what is it? They're,
0: they're never gonna do it. You know, they're never gonna do it again. But it's basically dog sleds. <laughs> that would be the best ah, way. Of well, they've got
1: sled dog racing underneath it. So is that kind of like a well, a- the, the
0: ski joring it says could be done with horses as well. So oh, I, I, wow! I, I think it sounds like I would love to watch that, but obviously there's reasons why they wouldn't
1: include that now. Um, speed skiing, which I think sells itself. That sounds amazing. And winter pentathlon. I mean, come on. You know, I'm on board with that. Um, And also during the Youth Olympics back in 2014, they had ice climbing. Uh, and it was also um, a, a dem- No, sorry, that was showcased during the Sochi Winter Olympics, and then it was also on the non-competition program at the 2016 uh, Youth Winter Olympics. So fascinating. But I mean, when it comes to winter sports, um, the only sport that has ever been discontinued was biathlon military patrol uh, from the 1928, <laughs> 48, and 52. I'll bring back biathlon military patrol. That sounds oh. epic, but s- so wartime. I guess, I mean, this kind of, you know, I feel I just, you're the winter guy, Colin, obviously you're more of a winter country. Are there other glaring winter sports that really outside of any of those demonstrations sports could be a thing? Like, I mean, is there one that people are always like, you know, the winter version of squash, like everybody, it should be at the winter Olympics. Why isn't it at the winter Olympics? <laughs> there,
0: there's really no sports <clears throat> that I know are, you know, competitive here. That aren't included This should be but there's activities that are just a regular thing here i was thinking of or where, where you could easily make into a sport like you have cross-country skiing and i i told this before on here you know there were winter things you would do in school as part of gym class curling was one of them that we did as part of gym class uh another one was snowshoeing oh, and cross-country snow-shoeing. skiing being yeah, and cross-country skiing was the other. So I thought to myself, I'm like, curling's an Olympic sport. Cross-country skiing's an Olympic sport. Why is snowshoeing not an Olympic sport? I mean, you can make a race out of it. There's things you could do. Uh, the one that uh, is, is more, it would be difficult because, again, you'd have to look at climates and stuff like that. But uh, how would you even define it? River skating? Uh, basically what it is, is, especially in a place like Winnipeg, where you know it, the river's going to freeze over enough that it's safe, uh, every single year they develop our river into a skating path that runs for several kilometers. And I thought we we have things like marathons or race walking in the summer Olympics. You could do that with river skating or something like that, like a long stretch, a couple kilometers long down a river and it's just a race and you're doing however many laps back and forth and make an endurance race in the winter Olympics. The trouble being that most of the, the, countries you're going to go to most of the, the climates it, because of things like skiing, you're not going to be able to have it be cold enough <laughs> where the whole river is going to be frozen over. But I'm sure you could even make a long one kilometer, you know, um, uh, track, uh, a, a man-made track or something like that, and make some type of marathon event out of skating.
1: Isn't it Ottawa? Doesn't it have the longest one or something along those lines where they've got, a, I've seen footage of the, the one in Ottawa being really long. So
0: Maybe I don't know. Maybe. I haven't been to Ottawa. <laughs> You've been to more Canadian cities than I
1: have. <laughs> I, I I say tobogganing. Um, you know. just oh, yeah. shove down a down a snow. Why not? Like that could work. I mean, Jared. I, I look. I don't know if Jared. If there's any winter sports that, that you know. I mean, you know, in the in the wintry slopes of Emu Plains. Uh, I mean, are you constantly out there thinking of these winter sports that you could do one day at the Olympics? Surely, there's got to be something there about
2: like a, a massive like snowball fight yeah Uh, either that or like competitive man building i don't know
1: yes (laughs) hey that could work
2: uh we did
0: mention on an interview that people haven't heard yet um jamie had a tobogganing story so uh we'll tell people stay tuned for our interviews i don't remember which one that was we did did you tell uh, it
1: i don't think you told it no because i was gonna ask you and you didn't we need to learn that so are you gonna tell it now
0: I'll tell it now. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be an interview. It'll be a moguls interview we're going
1: to have coming up. You're not hearing that um, till like before Beijing. <laughs> this is months. This is like how all over the place we have these interviews. <laughs> like Jesus. But hell, you, you hear this now months ahead of the interview. Wow. Yeah, God. there you go. This is
0: our preview for the, the interview we're going to have coming up in several it months. It
1: makes sense in February, like, all right, <laughs> people?
0: <laughs> so Jamie refuses to toboggan. She doesn't, she says she doesn't even want our kids to toboggan or anything like that, which that's. That's an activity you have to do in Canada. Like there's nobody who it's doesn't law. do it. Yeah, it is law. Yeah, adults do it. <laughs> uh, we went tobogganing. One of the things we would always do is on uh, New Year's Day because it's everybody's off. It's just a thing where you always go tobogganing. And uh, Jamie and I went, this was like, I think before we were married uh, and my nephew's are there. And uh, the first time there's a big tobogganing hill you have here, which is, it's, you know, man-made, I guess you could say. Uh, the hill itself isn't man-made, but they'll, you know, pack it down and make it safe and build little jumps and everything so we're there with our nephews and then we look at i'm like oh there's like this really steep slope which is basically in the woods <laughs> it's like a cliff and the woods and it's extremely steep and so a couple of us you know uh older people uh were like okay well let's try this one it says you know hands off or whatever or um, trespassing beware <laughs> the signs don't go here this is dangerous uh, so we start going down and it's it's you know fast it's steep Uh, And Jamie had not gone down. I was like, no, I don't want a toboggan. She's like, well, this actually looks kind of fun, so I'm going to try. So she hops on, and she goes down, and almost immediately uh, rolls off of her toboggan, starts tumbling down the hill, slams into a rock, and I'm videotaping this. (laughs) And I go, Jamie, that was so epic. That was amazing. And she's like, oh, I'm really hurt. She she had banged (laughs) up her thigh. Like, she had a bruise this size on her thigh. (laughs) And said, I am never tobogganing again. The first time I go down, I wipe out. I'm never tobogganing again. The next year, we again go and we're, my nephews are there. And I'm at the bottom of the hill with one of my nephews. And I look up and I'm like, oh, Jamie decided to go because I see her on a sled. After saying the whole time, no, I got hurt last year. I'm not going to go. I'm like, oh, she's she's going down with one of my nephews on her lap. <laughs> and why is she headed for the ramp? And I see her go <laughs> off the ramp and land... And she breaks her tailbone. The, oh. the second time she ever toboggans, shatters her tailbone. Uh, Did you so go, now
1: she's, Jamie, that was awesome. Amazing, got I got it on video.
0: <laughs> no, that ended up being an afternoon in the emergency room. And uh, there's nothing <laughs> they could do for a broken tailbone no. either. No. So yeah, she, she was like, Uh, I remember the first couple of days uh, she would call me and her brother over and she's like, I need two people to hold me up so I could brush my teeth. (laughs) One of us bracing her arm as she's like, Oh (laughs) But it was epic. It was great. I got all little do, video. <laughs> do you still have
1: the video of this? Can this be something we first, share on our social media?
0: <laughs> I'd have to dig it up, but I would have the first. I, I didn't have a camera on me for the second one where she broke her tailbone. But the first one, I probably do have it somewhere. Maybe we'll share. By the time the next Olympus comes up, maybe I'll be able to share it.
1: J- Jared, have you ever been tobogganing before? What are you saying, Jamie? I'm uh, missing out.
2: <laughs> have you Have you seen snow before, Jared? <laughs> I lost- Yeah, I feel like that's, like, an Australian thing. Maybe not in Tasmania, but in
1: New South Wales, everybody goes on ski camp in, like, year six. Right. Because I I remember I had family. uh, My family lives in sort of out your way in Penrith, and I remember my aunts and and family coming down once during winter, and we took them up the mountain because it snows on our mountain, and, you know, very rarely at snow level, but it does, uh, and they had never seen snow. So like this was a thing where like you know you took them up there and like oh my god snow and they they brought like an ice cream container to take some with them and then they put it in the fridge and you're like, you know it's just gonna be a block of ice in like an hour <laughs> oh no it won't be it's white and fluffy an hour I was like yeah I told you it's just a block of ice <laughs> like it doesn't work that way you can't keep snow it's not a pet um, but. I, I, I need to see this video. I mean, the, the one time I went tobogganing this video footage of it It's when Leah shoved me down a hill in Salt Lake City, right, and I fell off and then she turns to these kids and is like, it's all right, he's from Australia. And then kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my tobogganing story. Um, I, I want to talk about sort of structure of, of events because this is one thing I know that, Jared, we've talked a lot about things like charges and, and semis and quarters and, and let's have fifth to eighth place playoffs and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I think this kind of goes back to your point, Jared, where you're like, let's have more sport and it's all well and good to kind of pad the schedule out by sure. Like if you you get eliminated, you want to play for 12th place. Whoop de fucking do. And I know we've got some of these athletes on the show who will say like, yeah, I want to do this and all that sort of stuff. And, I've maybe come around a bit on repercharge, the idea of it, because when somebody explains to you, like, as an athlete, like, you can be eliminated in five minutes and, like, you've worked four years and you're out in five minutes, I'd like a second chance. Like, okay. But at the same time, if you go to to Wimbledon and you're out in round one because you played, you know, Rafael Nadal, you don't just get to go back and have a second chance to go back in the game, do you? So... Um, I mean, this is just a broad question because we can talk about this itself for, for like an hour. But, Jared, like, are there certain things that any sports come to mind when it comes to this as well that, like, do we need a better structure? Like, get rid of repercharges, get rid of fifth, to eighth place playoffs. And, you know, you can clear up a whole section on the Olympic sports calendar to include squash because you don't have all these wasted playoffs and repercharges and things like that.
2: Yeah, preaching to the choir here. I think I just don't the the playoffs I can almost understand more than the charges. The charges just they bug me so much because it's because it's rowing, right? And it takes forever to begin with. I, I don't get this whole like you've been training for four years and your Olympics is over in five minutes. If you're in the hundred meters, you've been training for four years and the Olympics are over in ten seconds. So good point. I just think in a sport where Surely in rowing to me, it doesn't seem like a sport where there'd be massive variance in if you ran the same race like 10 times, majority of the time you're going to get the same result. Whereas if it is something like the 100 meters and you run it 10 times, I feel like you're going to get a lot more variance in like where people finish. So if you're going to have rapid charges, put it in the sport where there are these minimal differences between placings, not in this these sports that take forever to start off with. And then also it's not really going to change much.
1: The one thing that I, I get confused with repercharges are in, I think it's like Taekwondo does it, judo does it, mm-hmm. where it becomes more of like a medal. Where like if you lose a quarter, let's go into a repercharge system to then make like, no. Like to me, if you've got a knockout system, if you're in a quarterfinal, if you win, you're through to the semis. You lose, you're out. There's no second chance in a quarterfinal. And I think to make it, easier like well actually no not make it easy because you're then going to have the increase in the medals boxing's obviously unique you make the semis you lose you just win there are two bronze medalists right i i can see that but i also kind of like the idea of a bronze medal match because as we've heard from a lot of athletes on this show you kind of put more on the line in a bronze medal match don't you because if you make the gold medal match of course you want a gold medal but you know if you lose you've got a silver medal you're still an olympic medalist no matter what a bronze medal match. Like, you on the line, you don't want to finish fourth. Yeah. Like, fuck fourth. Canada does that enough. Like, they don't <laughs> care for it more. So... I, I don't get these repechage systems in these combat sports where it just becomes complicated. It's like you lose a quarterfinal, so you go on pot B and pot C, and then if you draw the red donkey, then you'll match the blue donkey, and then if you win that match, you've got a seventy-one percent chance of winning a medal. So let's draw a number, read the alphabet, learn Finnish, and boom, you're a bronze medalist. Like it's just it gets confusing for the people watching it. Don't get me started on the omnium in cycling. Like, I don't need a physics Nobody degree. Nobody can make sense of that. I don't need a physics degree to understand how you win a fucking <laughs> Olympic medal, all right? Like, it's just to stop it, all right? Like, 100 metres, you, you, you're either fast or you're not. You're Italian or you're not. Simple. Um, Colin, I mean, same question to you, but I want to throw the prospect of mixed events for you, Colin, because we you know no. you love your mixed relays. <laughs> Look, I, first of all, let's talk about the mixed
0: relays. I mean, this kind of falls in what we are saying about let's eliminate some of these redundant, oh, here's a bonus sport for a sport we've already seen. Um, but it is messy to watch. And I, I think th- the difference we have in opinions is that you guys like the messiness and the unpredictability, whereas I don't like the fact that it's like, well, what's the point of watching it when you, you can't really call anything? And, and it's all about strategy and the strategies don't really make any sense because none of these countries are competed. It's something that a couple Olympics down the road, maybe they can wrap their heads around. But its I, I know I'm not alone in this because I've read a lot of commentary of people saying like, yeah, that." Yeah, I even remember when they aired, the commentary is like, that was uh, interesting. Uh, but th- that's something that you can easily eliminate and free up room for sports. Uh, it, the same thing with rep charges. Uh I actually completely agree with Jared with um, uh, what you were saying about comparison, because I was going to say the exact same thing. The, the 100 meter, the 200 meters, why aren't they using it there? You know, there's a good reason why. It, obviously, I think the thinking is in rowing is that there is some, you know, variance, right? Maybe the water is not quite as still, but it's, it's no different in sprinting. The wind, you know, the, the, the wind can change. Uh, when you have a system that works in sprinting, Why not keep that? Why isn't it the fastest time? Is there that much of a difference from one race to the next on what the time can be where you can't just say, all right, well, the top two qualified from this race. And then the the third place will have to see if their time, you know, uh, uh, holds up once we're done all these heats. And Canada loves rowing, but I'm getting tired of watching three hours of coverage of reperchages. Well, there's other sports that could be getting TV coverage just because, oh, well, it's, it's one of our sports, so we have to watch all this. Uh, boxing, the same thing you said, this I don't understand at all because there you have no difference, there's no variance of what could be contributing. The, the environment doesn't change. Nothing changes from one fight to the next. So to have it in judo doesn't make sense to not have it in boxing, and you're 100% right we already have a gold medal that's won by a winner and we have a silver medal that's won by a loser. Now we're going to have two bronzes that are won by losers. <laughs> and I'm not calling them losers in a derogatory way, but now only one out of
1: four medalists won their medal. Yeah. Let the bronze be something you fight for. If it, it's It kind of... If you think about it, if I mean you win a quarterfinal, you know you've won a medal. So then, if you come up against the number one boxer in the world, who you've you, you've got a twenty and O record against, you've lost twenty times against him or her. You know, of course, you're going to give it your all. I'm not going to say you're going to walk into that ring and go fuck it. But like, if that's me and my entire life goal has been to win an Olympic medal, I've somehow snuck into the semifinals of a boxing bout. I'm going to be like, just at the end of the day, like, well, I lose. Who cares? Because I've won a medal. It it kind of is is an argument where you're almost rewarding losing, because a repercharge is almost that you are rewarding losing, Um, and it's it's kind of you know slight tangent, but it's still in the sporting realm. Like it's kind of like when you say you talk to somebody who's say a fan of of European football, where you win the championship by being number one at the end of the season on the ladder, so you have to be consistent all season. They, they have sort of cups and knockout versions to add some entertainment of it. But that would be like Colin in the NHL, that if Toronto win the President's Trophy, they are the Stanley Cup champions because they are the best team at the end of the season. That's how they decide it. So that can add some entertainment. It can also add some... You can have very boring seasons. One team can just win everything and you know who's won by you know February. But then you've had... Was it when Manchester City won about a decade ago? You literally had side-by-side scores going on because, like, they had to score two goals by the 90th minute. Like, it can get very exciting. And then you have people who look at, say, the North American model of sports and the Australian models of sports where if, if to, again, Toronto get the President's Trophy, but then they go out in the first round of the playoffs. Well, it's kind of like, well, is that fair? They were the best side all year, but then, you know, any team can beat them on the day. I prefer that model because yeah. I think at the end of the day, if you are the best team, you should be. I mean, we saw it with Tampa Bay. Was it the other year when Columbus swept them, right? Like they set mm-hmm. the season record and they're out, you know, donut, four donut, done. And now they've kind of grouped together. They've won the last two Stanley Cups. So like there's a level there. And I think the Olympics are kind of that way as well. And any of the world. predictability, I mean, Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it. That's I mean, like Stephen Bradbury is a classic case of that. Stephen Bradbury was a, a brilliant skater. He, he had won world championships. He was one of the best in the world, but just always – had issues at the Olympics. He couldn't quite get there. And then when he's gold, he wins it. People always just think it was a fluke. Oh, everyone fell over. So like, and But they don't know the whole story. Like, And it, that, that sells it. I mean, what was the... was? I can never say his name. The, was he the Ethiopian, the Moroccan runner? Um, he finally got gold in Athens. But every time he got to an Olympics, he would choke. He could never win that gold. He just he dominated the entire world. Jess Fox dominated everything. And then finally broke through for a goal at the Olympics. So it's just... It's fascinating. Like You've got to bring it, and that's what the beauty of the Olympics is. It's four years. You've got to peak yourself, and you can have a shit day, and fuck it. guess I've got to come back in four more years to kind of do it. Um, I want to sort of quickly talk about, I I I guess, when it comes to what we would get rid of. (laughs) Now, we we are the IOC. We've all been elected as co-presidents. We are the new Thomas Barks. We've got a bit more personality. Um, What are we getting rid of? Uh let's start with the summer, a bit easier. Um I'll start with you, Colin. Uh I mean are, are there sports uh, we talk about it a lot and it can be events as well. But like what sports to you straight away you're like fuck fencing. I hate it. I I've, I've never said it before. Finally I'm saying it. Please don't say fencing <laughs> fencing's a great sport. Uh but like I mean and again also let's let's not just keep it to a full sport. Like I mean if there is like the mixed relay I hate it so much or like the, the the pobble horse get rid of it like you can be specific too for certain sports and, and events as such
0: to me the mixed relay is an example of what should be just a demonstration sport um it doesn't need to be you know six different medals that they're handing out in one night uh the the other thing is and I know you're gonna hate me for this but to me handball water polo I mean, one is obviously the lesser version of the exact same sport. (laughs) Uh, I know and we have been advocating you have speed skating, you should have roller skating as well. But uh, when you have them both in the exact same Olympics, I kind of look at one and the other and I'm like, well, I definitely want to watch the one in the water. (laughs) There's no difference. uh, Otherwise Uh, that's a personal preference. So I I always feel bad too, in saying this, because um, as you said, we have had people, especially, um, uh, one great interview that's me coming up on race walking uh, about the elimination of just a certain distances, but there are sports where we have 16 distances of the exact same sport. And maybe you could eliminate a couple of them uh, when it's something where you have like race walking, you have those who will compete in one distance and those who will compete in another. That's completely different for me than something where in swimming, the same person competes in four or five different events And sure, there have been great Olympic Mormons of this person is one, Michael Phelps has won, however many medals. But when you have the exact same people competing in the exact same event, and all it is, is it's another 60 seconds longer, uh, then to me, that's something that you could easily eliminate. And I'm sure there's a lot of athletes are, well, that's what I specialize in. And I would feel bad for those people. But we got through watching six straight days of swimming and saying, I think I'm done with swimming now. So uh, I'm not saying eliminate strokes, but you don't have to have 16 distances for the exact same stroke when you already have 16 different strokes to actually watch.
1: And the one thing that I'll just quickly add to it, I wanted to bring up, and this kind of goes back to that point where it's like you're adding events to remove events. I, 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 I'm all for having everything equal. Like I, I, I think that it's great that we're kind of getting to a point now where there are equal events for men and women but it, 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 I don't like this notion of let's add women's canoeing, but we've got to remove some of the men's events to make room for it. Like, I, 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 why can't you just print a few more medals um, and just, like, include it? Like, we're seeing that with the mixed event for the race walking, which Evan obviously is the interview you're referring to. Like, why do we need to scrap one event just to bring in another? Why can't you just add it? And I get it. It's a stacked program. I understand the issue there. And that's where the Winter Olympics has a lot more freedom because they don't have as many events. But, like, that's what frustrates me. I'm all for new events. I'm all for, like, let's have women's canoeing. It should be there already, absolutely. But don't remove events. And that's that's not even me just saying, like, the men shouldn't suffer. I mean, we have that in the other form too. Like, let's add a men's event. Like, let's say softball returns. Let's add men's softball at the expense of baseball. No, let's have men's softball and women's softball, men's baseball and women's baseball. To me, it's that simple. And it should be, if you're talking about things being equal, have things like, and this may sound like a joke, but I'm not joking because in interviews that you will hear, these are legitimate events. We heard it with the rhythmic gymnastics girls and we'll hear it with an artistic swim we've got coming up. Have male artistic swimming. Have male rhythmic gymnastics. They exist. Why can't we see them? So that to me is where that's my issue with removing and adding things.
0: And and obviously we're talking about sports where, one gender, it's obviously a much bigger deal than the other yeah. gender.
1: Netball would be an example of that. If you brought netball in, it's it's a ninety nine percent female based sport, basically.
0: And, and then you could say, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent the same way here, but you could say the same thing with hockey. Uh, we interviewed um, Sammy Joe Small last year, and she was talking about we're talking only within the last twenty five years. Yeah, she didn't have a female league to play in, so she was one of the only the only girl playing in a male league. And now you flash forward and there's a lot that's gone on for the sport. But still, when you watch the Olympics, there's only a few countries that are really competitive in uh, women's hockey. You're not going to say let's eliminate women's hockey because it's not as competitive. For the same reason, should we say that there's not male artistic gymnastics just because it's not as competitive? You know, let's have an equal amount of sports on both sides. And there's sometimes with uh, taking women's hockey as an example, sometimes I actually like the fact that there's only three or four, four teams maximum are competitive because when you get a big upset, like we had in the last Olympics, it's that much bigger of a deal. And yeah. it, you're not going to have the same, uh, the same standings every single Olympics. Uh, and that you're going to get in that way. You're also getting something different out of male hockey from what you're getting from female hockey. It doesn't feel like you're watching the same sport. I mean, it's the same, you know, logistics of the sport, but the results we're getting are different enough that it's exciting the same way that watching amateur sports sometimes is more exciting than watching professional sports.
1: And you've got to grow the sport with genders by giving people chances. And and yeah. like as silly as it sounds that, you know, this is a dumb thing that people probably rip into me for saying, but like I mentioned things like artistic swimming and rhythmic gymnastics where men can compete in them. You can like, and like even legitimately look at soccer, like in Canada, how big the gold medal is for, for the women's team. And, mm-hmm. and I'm watching a lot of coverage right now of the men's team during World Cup qualifying the time of recording this, they're undefeated and they are on a very, very good chance of qualifying for next year's world cup for the first time since 1986. And, and what that would do for the men's game, you've got Alfonso Davies, one of the best players in the world right now. You probably don't even know who the fuck that is, Colin, but like that is a big fucking deal for you to have a very prominent soccer player and the biggest sport in the world in Canada, a country which you are set in, in less than five years time to co-host the biggest sporting event in the world. But I, I'm not even joking when I say like that win for the, for the women, will grow the men's game as well. And and, and that's weird to say that when, when obviously the women are still fighting for a professional league in your country, but that is still going to help on the men's side of things as well
0: and uh we mentioned it during Tokyo what a big deal it was for the men's um uh relay in well, I can't remember which event it was in swimming that they 4x1, came in fourth wasn't it? the 4x100 yeah. yeah Yeah. when they came in fourth place and you know hopefully one of these days we'll get one of those guys on there <laughs> waiting for <a> us <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but uh that was like a huge deal here because swimming for men in Canada has not been nearly as successful and they looked at that and they're like, listen, this fourth place win is like a gold medal for us because we weren't expected to even make the finals. And we want to prove that men are just as competitive as women in the sport.
1: And that is, and like, look, this is a whole other episode, When I'm not in way trying to say that like, oh, men are, are oppressed and like, no, like we, I obviously sit here knowing that there is so much more that needs to be done for women's sport, the exposure and everything in, in all forms of sport. Of course there is, there is so much more in it. And it's getting to that point where it really is Australia alone with the women's Australian football league. It is, it is, going gangbusters they've just increased it basically in the next two years they will align with every one of the 18 teams in the men's competition they will now have a, a female equivalent so it's great and and rugby as well is doing the same thing with the women's nrl just sort of adding that's sort i of thing. jared for you uh the power you are thomas bark i'm guessing dressage is gone um, I I mean, <laughs> what, what else is gone for you <laughs> Uh, Skateboarding is is out. It's a revolving door
2: treatment for skateboarding, or at least if it's staying, it's not having two events. I'm sorry, street and park, (laughs) they were the same thing. What a joke. It's gone. Um, Sailing, we're we're cutting down the program for that. Um, If they want to keep all their different classes of laser and whatever and this, that, whatever, then they're not having five races of beach or whatever. They can have two. three races of each. I feel like they're the two in my mind. The the other thing, and this isn't a removing thing, but this I have an issue with is um, from the kayaking, um, sorry, the the slalom. You cannot have this stupid rule that you're allowed to have one person represent your country in this sport. Yeah. It's, that was to me was like the biggest issue with the Olympics this year that you could have the top two athletes in the world. And then because of this rule, only the top athlete in the world goes and the second best athlete isn't allowed to go from like this stupid rule. It's the same in like in gymnastics for the final that they have like a, a quota of you can only have two athletes from the same country qualify into that final, even if, you had like the four best athletes in the, in the qualifying rounds. Like I just have an issue with, with these. I'm all for having quota spots to start with for the event, but they need to be fair so that realistically the top three athletes in the world, even if they're from the
1: same country, all end up on like the podium. 100%. And I mean, Colin, you know that well. And truly when you talked to Andy Naughty, didn't you, that that kind Mm -hmm. of like what Canada has like the 10 best mogul skiers in the world, but you can only send three, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, I, I, I that's, yeah, I completely agree with that as well. Um, yeah, I, I, my biggest thing is not maybe getting, I mean, yeah, I just don't get dressage, but I mean, it's popular, right? Um, (laughs) like I think to me, it's more of a case of going back to my point about making it so that the best athletes, and this is the pinnacle. So like, I mean, look, you're never going to get rid of soccer at the Olympics because it is the biggest sport in the world. It deserves a spot at the Olympics, but My biggest thing around that, though, is that the World Cup is the one sporting event that technically eclipses the Olympics in terms of size, revenue, everything, popularity. So that is where I have an issue where, like, I generally don't care about the men's soccer at the Olympics because it's the under-23s with two or three senior players. Yeah, if you then start saying, like, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi can come and play in the Olympics, it's a full squad, then it's like, well, what's the point of the World Cup? maybe come up with some sort of agreement with FIFA where like you just, you take soccer out of the Olympics, but then somehow like can add it as like the world cup doubles as the Olympic. I don't know. That probably sounds dumb, but like have something where it kind of works that way to make it there. And I think like people complain about golf, people complain about tennis. I think have it so that you come to agreements with both federations where this is a thing where you are guaranteed to have the best athletes in the world have it be at equal ranking points to a major equal pro- I don't know how you could do that. I mean, a weird example of that is the, the major domestic motor racing competition in Australia is called the supercars. And obviously we had the Australian Grand Prix for formula one. And for a very large portion of the time, they would bring the supercars to the Grand Prix because all the Bogan rev heads want to go watch supercars. I don't give a shit about these hoity-toity Formula One people. But for the most part, it was just a, a non-championship event. So these drivers would go along like, oh, I don't really care. They finally made it a full event for, for points and everything, so people took it more seriously. So that is where somehow do that in Olympics. So we're getting Tiger Woods. You know, We're getting these big names going to golf. Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal aren't going, "Oh, maybe I'll skip the Olympics cuz the US Open's in 2 weeks." Like, like do it so that you're getting the best. I don't want LeBron James going, "Yeah, but it's the off-season and I don't want to hurt myself for the le-. like like no, like LeBron James, you've got a chance to represent your country at the Olympics. You're going to say yes, no matter what. Like, I, I want to see the best of the best to so somehow work that out with these federations. Baseball, if you're bringing baseball, why is that one of these weird sports where you have restrictions? You should have the best MLB players going to play in an Olympics. We're seeing that with hockey returning the NHL players, hopefully, for for Beijing. Like, that to me is what I want to see. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That would be my only thing. I don't know if that sort of counts in removing sports, but there's not a glaring sport to me, which you should be getting rid of. Just for the length. Yeah, skateboarding, yes. Skateboarding. <laughs> Sorry. Skateboarding. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Break dancing.
0: <laughs> but, but I think there is also a difference when we're, we're talking about, um, you know, hockey and basketball where you might have a world championship, but, uh, it's not like it's an every week thing. And then tennis and golf where, the, the professional league is these same people competing every single week. And I think that's where the stakes really get lost in golf and in tennis is that there's really no difference between Wimbledon and the U S open and the Olympics, very few differences. Uh, whereas with something like hockey and with something like basketball, it's not every day you get to see, you know, the, the team Canada play team Czechoslovakia or something uh, along those lines.
1: That's a good point. Um, yeah, and, like, I mean, Jared, you're a massive tennis fan. I mean, do you have an opinion on tennis at the Olympics? Is this something that you actually like? I think like if you asked me, like,
2: I don't know, 10, 10 years ago, I would say get rid of it. But I feel like tennis is one of these sports that it the Olympics has come around a lot in terms of prestige, uh, and it's probably, I feel like it's just because of the stories that we've had. So you've got the big three and then Raf is the only one of those three who's won a gold medal in singles. And then he's got a gold medal in doubles as well. And then this year obviously had the big lead up story with Djokovic going for like the golden grand slam. So I think it should stay, but I'm wary that it could go back to kind of how it was around Sydney, Athens, even like earlier. Um, they didn't have as much prestige and you had kind of all these random people winning. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's your point that they need to bring in, which they did. They brought in ranking points for the Olympics, but as far as I'm aware, they've got rid of them again. Um, but I feel like they need to come back. So there needs to be incentive to, to, to go on play.
1: And obviously it's a tricky thing with these sporting federations and calendars. And I mean, we obviously saw that a lot with Tokyo and, and a lot of the issue around the NHL players, you know, you know you're making a shit ton of money uh there's insurance problems Uh, i mean things like that they have got to literally take a couple of week break in the middle of an nhl season doesn't generally affect say the nba because often the olympics are in the off season but yeah like i mean you think about like the dream team back in barcelona when that was a thing like how i mean still to this day they're revered as one of the greatest sporting teams of all time that you've got a level of talent like that like you know, I mean, imagine—I can't imagine Colin, if NHL players were allowed in the Olympics in like the '80s and the '90s, when the, the the types of players you would have been. I mean, Gretzky obviously stuck around a little bit, so he could just play it in Olympics in '98. But um, we all know the shambles that happened there. But I mean, God, I mean, I can't imagine what you would have—the stacks of talent you would have had in the '80s and '90s if you were allowed to send your NHL players.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even if you go back to like the '70s and '80s, and you, you would have the Summit Series, you know, Canada versus Russia for seven games, and that was such a big deal. Uh, The ratings would have been through the roof for the Olympics if you had done it back then. I I feel like it's almost just lost now because it's become such a normal thing that these world stages, all these sports that you talked about the dream team, who really cares now if you have NBA players in the Olympics because we've seen it a million times. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's almost the same with hockey. And again, I love, you know, being able to have the Olympics for hockey. Uh, We have, I guess, more competitive nations than maybe something like basketball does when we look at the professional players in there. Uh, But the longer it goes on, there is a lot of the prestige that is lost. So what Jared's saying, you know, tennis where you had kind of the nobodies back in Sydney or you know, uh, mostly nobodies. Poor
1: Evgeny Kofilnikov. He's a bit of a somebody, isn't he, Jared? (laughs) Come on.
0: But but obviously that's something that's grown. So it, maybe it is more exciting to watch it now as opposed to something like basketball or hockey where it's just become, oh yeah, we're used to seeing these people.
1: And just quickly, I mean, I feel like we're talking a lot. I mean, I, I feel when I say we're talking a lot about the summer, like I, I always have said on this show that the Winter Olympics are the real Olympics because there's no dud sports. And I stand by that fact because I look at the Winter Olympics right now and there's nothing I would change. I I I, I say bring in more. I want ski ballet. I want speed skiing. I want more curling. I I, I want you know just all groups of curling. <laughs> I want I want I want doubles luge for women. I, I've said this before. I mean like we get it for the men, and I get entertained by it. But where's the women? I want double skeleton. I want you know we're going to have monobob for the women. So where's monobob for men? I want the octo I want eight people in a bob, <laughs> shove them all down there. Um, you know, bring it all on. But uh, Colin, I'll start. I mean, anything. Uh, sure, are you, you're Canadian. I mean, I can't think of any winter sport that you would not like.
0: Ringette. Going ringette. 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 Why? <laughs> seriously, why is ringette? I mean, you're not going to have the male team in ringette, probably, but, you know, <laughs> we've got handball and water polo. Let's just bring
1: in ringette and hockey. The Fresh Our Memory Ringette is particularly, what, what is that?
0: It's hockey, except you don't have a blade on your stick and you're playing with a little hoop.
1: Right. <laughs> the that exact same sounds thing. Sounds like, what's that? Uh, is it Quidditch? Is that what you're trying to say this is? <laughs> <laughs> is there a golden snitch? Um, Jared, I mean, like, again, uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard you say a bad word about any Winter Olympic sport or is there anything here that you, you aren't a particular fan of?
2: No, I think they're all good. I think the Winter Olympics needs to go further down that summer mindset of adding in mixed events i want to see the mixed bob relay uh, hey but we had the into the bob in front we and had the luge, didn't we?
1: Yeah, the, we had the mixed luge. I forgot how good that was. Um, And this is this is where, like, I guess we can kind of, you know, as we as we close this out, we'll talk about sort of what we are coming up. But, like, as we get closer and closer to Beijing, like, this is just gets me excited, right? Because this is what's so great about the winter. There's literally not a shit sport at the Winter Olympics. Mm. I mean, Jared, I remember you and I during Pyeongchang having long conversations about, like, fuck, I was up to 2 o'clock last night watching the ski jumping. This is brilliant. Like, I mean, just – and this is where I don't know, Colin, if this always is just different for Jared and I because – we don't know anything about ski jumping in this country. We never see it. <laughs> like, we we never see curling. Like, you've got the Curling Channel, uh, you know, showing <laughs> back-to-back coverage of this is my broom, this is my, you know, rock. Whereas, like, us, it's like this is the most foreign thing we could ever see. So, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just getting excited for Beijing. Colin, I mean, how are you feeling right now? We did the Beijing episode last, but Beijing's coming, people. Get excited. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, all these sports are, are on network TV every single weekend. Uh, so it's, it's cool that I get to follow them leading up to the Olympics and kind of see where those world standings are because there's enough interest in here. Uh, but you're 100% right. There's nothing that I don't like watching for the Winter Olympics – uh, you know, there's a few that might be a chore. I, I'll go out of my way. If there's nothing else on, you know, handball, uh, <laughs> field hockey, the, the, the consolation prizes of better sports. But, uh, <laughs> but with the winter Olympics, uh, the only time I don't want to watch something is if it, I might go through a year like or an Olympic year where I'm just done with it. You know, Alpine skiing, I was really into it at one point. And then I, I think it was during the last Olympics. I'm like, Oh, I just don't want to watch Alpine skiing. Ah, oh, I'm going to skip at this time. So, uh, I might have every once in a while something come up and say, yeah, I'm kind of over that this year, but by the next Olympics, I'm going to be back into it again.
1: Well, I mean, God, no, I just give me it all right now. I load, load, load my plate up, Jared. Like, come on. Like, I mean, and this is the thing which I'll just go back to, to ski jumping is that I, I I could be wrong here. I, I'm assuming there are other winter sports that Australia's never had an athlete, but I know Australia's never, ever had a, a ski jumper. So, I mean, we, we could be on with a chance here, Jared, if we just somehow do something well enough in this country, there could be a quota, like literally the IOC every year could just be like, why does this Australian quota for the winter Olympics ski jumping never get filled. <laughs> uh, like it literally could be there. We just might have to jump like 10 meters and we're in. So like we need to look into this, don't we?
2: I think so. It's just... Oh, ski jumping's just such an odd sport. I don't get it, and that's why it's so fun to watch. I'm like, what is, what is the skill going into this? Like, you can't tell <laughs> if they're going to jump far or not. I feel like the commentary doesn't really cover the technique heaps, and you're just like, yeah. oh,
1: that looks like it's going to be a good jump. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, well. <laughs> person up the route. And that's the beauty of it too because, like, on paper, it should just literally be, like, who can go the furthest, but then you've got to get judged in the the air, which I always find fascinating. That's why I'm so in love with it because it's just, like, literally should be who goes the furthest. It's javelin. You just, who can throw the furthest, right? Like, boom, your skis landed there further than the other guys. You're the gold medalist. But, no, you could, like, go a kilometre further than the Swiss ski jumper, but because you moved your arm in flight, you get a deduction. Um, colin do you know anything about ski? do we need to research this more do we need to, jared and i we do a commentary of this during uh beijing folks i'm, I'm locking it in
0: <laughs> it's also one of the ones i i love to watch the most but canada as we've discovered on here also doesn't have a great presence for ski jumping so <laughs> this is the what we're gonna be rooting for anybody canadian or anybody australian uh, if we even have them in there uh but yeah i don't i don't understand the rules of it either to me i'm looking at as like whoa like, the worst person i'm like they flew like superman you know that, that give them a gold <laughs> medal uh i remember seeing this comedian um years ago and he was kind of mocking how during the olympics everybody becomes an expert you know you don't yeah. know anything yeah. about it you're watching diving, he's like oh i saw a splash there there's no way that you got a gold medal. <laughs> you don't have that with ski jumping like nobody can make sense out of it it's like he went 180 feet and yet somehow, oh, no, oh, the, the, he's going to have to go back and work on his technique. I'm like, what? He just flew 180 feet.
1: <laughs> and this is why Nordic combined is so fucking great because not only <laughs> yeah. do you have ski jumping, you have cross country. But I, I will say, and we'll, we'll talk about this during the Olympics, just like modern pentathlon is amazing and they should combine the modern pentathlon combine the nordic combined so when you ski jump you have to yeah. land and straight away go for your 15 kilometer ski <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's part of it it's all one continuous event Or the opposite you've got your 15k ski and then as you enter the stadium you've got a ski jump into the <laughs> yeah. stadium mean, imagine the, the crowd going off there's sven He's uh, been skiing for 15K. He's like, ah, glory. But then he gets on the ski jump and in comes Inga behind him, jumps over the top, crosses the finish line, Sweden beats Finland again. Perfect. Like, in- Inga you know. and
0: Sven, we've now added the mixed... Yeah. Nordic combined event. <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's a very gender neutral sport, Nordic combined. You don't know that? Like, how do you not know that? It's the most gender fluid sport in the world, Nordic combined. has been crossing barriers for centuries, Colin. How do? You... Check your facts. Like, why are, you not, we, we, why are you not doing this? Canada would
0: have to have a Nordic combined athlete in order for me to understand.
1: <laughs> I just want to point out as teasers for, for future um, uh, guests on this show, we're doing a lot, we're doing very good segues here on Off the Podium today, that I have basically basically put my hand up to be both Channel 7 and CBC's Nordic Combined <laughs> Correspondent. And both have given me the green light, according to two commentators for both. So I don't know how much sway they have in both CBC and Channel 7, but I could be a busy man. I might not be available during Beijing. I'm getting the phone call. Ben, Nordic Combined expert, we need you. <laughs> All right. I'm on the plane. Um, guys, it's been fun. I'm glad we could do this. Obviously, there's so much more we could talk about. But, uh, y- you know, we-, we-, we were doing this episode at one point. And we're here done. Any any final kind of tidbits or things that you haven't mentioned, Jared? uh, At all sports. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Now add more sports. No cap. (laughs) No cap done um actually i just i finished re-watching the games uh we've talked a a little bit about that on here at sort of the parody show they did in the lead up to the sydney olympics and there's this scene where john the main guy he's like oh i've got a meeting with the head of the afl like they're going to give me advice and so this head of the afl is there and is like right i've had a look at your schedule for sydney you got some problems what's this two-week business He's like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "It's it's it's too short. You need to have it over a year, mate. Like it's all about the it's all about the events. Bugger two weeks. Hold it from uh, January through to December. It's all about the TV revenue." <laughs> so there you go. Uh, they were talking about then. Colin, anything you you want to add?
0: No, just the the only thing I missed out on is we're talking about events that we could potentially be competitive in. I mean, hey. anybody from anybody from Winnipeg, snow shoveling is an Olympic sport. Winnipeg dominates. <laughs>
1: There you go. Jared, what's the Emu Plains event? Writing emus? Yeah, probably that or um either uh, making Nanomo bars. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right. And as soon as they interest uh, introduce incest into the Olympics, I'm in. Oh, uh, <laughs>
0: Tasmania's special.
1: Yes, Tasmania's special or oh, wood chopping. I should have gone with that one, Ben. That's awkward. Uh, <laughs> went with incest. Okay. Stereotypes. <laughs> Um, we have a, a whole bunch of interviews. Obviously, we've we've gone to episode every two days, basically, and that will continue from now until Beijing. And I'm telling you now, when we get to, I think, the week before the opening ceremony, we will have an episode every day, essentially, until we get to Beijing. So we've got a lot of great interviews that we have recorded and they are ready to go, but we will be getting them closer and closer. But the next one that... All of us will be joining. It'll be the last one that all three of us will do, essentially, until we get to our ever. Beijing preview one. Ever. Ever. Jared's had enough. He's still just <laughs> not over the whole chair-throwing thing. He's get over it. Um, We're going to do, and this is I'm so excited for this episode, because I think on all our podcasts at some point, we've done some form of rankings episodes. Jared, even on Euros Vision, we technically ranked things and kind of predicted and everything on those lines. So we're going to do our first ever off-the-podium ranking episode, and we're going to rank... The Olympic medals, all of them from uh, Athens. In, no, no we we're going to start with Lillehammer in 1994 through right to um, Tokyo. I mean, if Beijing releases their medals between now and when we do that episode, maybe we will include Beijing, but uh, we'll see how we go. Now, we haven't come up with a format. I don't know if we're going to sit here and do vetoes. Because that'll be too long. So <laughs> maybe we'll just kind of do a quick fire, like my 18 to 13 is this, and we'll kind of do it from five, but... I'm excited for this. Uh, Colin, I don't know if you've ever been one to kind of look at medals and go, oh, that's pretty. Or you just go, oh, well, I'm never going to win one. I don't give a shit. But, uh, I mean, any any thoughts on ranking the Olympic medals from 1994 onwards?
0: Yeah, I, I think we've occasionally gone over every time you get a new medal in the mail where it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that one. Oh, you know what you should get next? You should get Athens and uh, so on. Uh, I, I, I do think your format works, so let's just settle on that now um yep. no just
1: <laughs> this is I'm not my doing 34 yours. hours of this
0: <laughs> what's our average and somehow antwerp still found its way in there i don't know how that yeah. happened but uh yeah it'll it'll be interesting because i i think in my mind right now i can picture half of the medals and the other half oh, i have no memory of whatsoever so there'll be some refreshers going on
1: so right now if you if you had to guess your favorite or your least favorite, do you want to give us any spoilers like should we look out for a sneaky torino uh high up and oh i really don't like the london medal it's shit
0: no i'm uh i I, I already mentioned uh, one of my favorite picks in the the previous speech that I just had, so that'll give the spoiler away if anybody was paying attention, which they probably weren't.
1: never do to you uh Jared uh are you excited? Uh, I don't think you've really been on a proper ranking episode for, with us outside of uh, our euro Euro's vision ones?
2: I am excited. I'm excited to tear some medals to shred
1: that that deserve
2: it like there's some some bad designs out there like. Imagine that all that hard work and effort and then your gold medal's crap. Like really, <laughs> is it even a gold medal if it looks bad? Um, but there's some good ones out there as well. Um, I feel like my opinions have changed on some medals over time. Like things that I originally thought, oh, that's like ugly and unusual. Now I'm kind of like, oh, but like it's unique. So um,
1: it'll be a good one. If we ever run out of ideas and we do the Commonwealth Games medals, that in itself is, is some shit piles. Look up Glasgow and Melbourne for some shit Commonwealth Games medals, people. Uh, I will say I own every single replica medal now from 94 onwards, so I can have visual aids to help you guys <laughs> during this. So you're welcome. But that is coming soon. If you want to stay up with everything?
0: You know, I, I, I was going to, I have to add, I can't wait. To hear the noise level of Ben wearing every single one of those medals and hey, so we're a clink clink
1: clink. <laughs> All right, well as we go with every single medal, I will what put on, it around you my neck. Me it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, I have neck issues. I'll be like, guys, I can't get to the microphone. <laughs> now Michael Phelps feels basically from that point. I actually wonder if I've got more gold than Michael Phelps now. Probably do. In your face, Phelps! You had to like swim for like 20 years and train and shit. I just bought them off Wish. So, <laughs> Wish <simple>. too. <laughs> I think it was Wish. These it's are one the one highest websites. quality
0: medals. That
1: <laughs> was eBay and not with DH Gate. DH Gate. That's better than Wish. Um, <laughs> and eBay. So, there you go. That's how I got them. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, off the podium, so to that We've got some amazing, amazing interviews coming up. And, of course, also subscribe on all the good podcast channels out there. Search for Off The Podium. And that is how you can stay up to date with us. Jarrett, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for your insight. I'm glad you could finally talk about how much hate rapper charges. Yeah, I'm sure I'll bring it up again in the future. And Colin's about to answer a phone call, so quickly do it and bye, Colin. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) And uh, my name is Ben, this is Off The Podium. We'll speak to you next time. Good night.